everybody. I'm Nicole. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Sarah. And together we're the co-founders of Wheel Tales, a living library of cetacean stories. It's Orca Action Month! Hooray! <laughs> and to celebrate, we're doing things a little bit differently on the podcast this month. So sit back and enjoy as we dive right in. Orca Action Month is here! Hooray! <laughs> it is! And to celebrate again this year, we are releasing not one, but four podcast episodes this month. That's right. We will be releasing a new episode every week in the month of June. The first three weeks will have a different orca ecotype or community. And in the last week of June, we're going to have an extra special surprise. We're having an orca on the podcast. I mean, there might be stories about orcas. <gasps> From us? No. That's never, never. These episodes will be a bit shorter than what you're used to, because we won't be including the fun flipper fact and the regular storytelling whale tale segment that we usually have in each episode. But never fear, everything will be right back to normal and what you expect come summertime. Yes, that gives gives Nicole a full extra month to work on her new fun flat flipper fact song. Oh come on, who are we kidding? Everyone knows I make it up in the moment. <laughs> I do. I'm pretty sure sometimes those have been planned. Yes. Maybe in like the day. Yes. Yeah. Or like probably vibes. never more than twenty four hours though. Probably. Yeah. But now it's a challenge. Ooh. All right. I'm gonna come back. Maybe I'll have some musical accompaniment for my next Ooh. one. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get down to business to meet the West Coast community of Scotland killer whales. Really Sorry. thought you were going to say to defeat the well, Huns. Cause... That's why I did it like that. <laughs> okay, so the West Coast community of orcas. Um, this is the West Coast community of Scotland, not what we usually think of as the West Coast but when we're over here. This is a unique population of only eight individuals, which are most likely from the North Atlantic type two ecotype as they've been seen feeding on porpoises, dolphins, seals, and one stranded individual has been found to have a minke whale or a minke whale baleen in their stomach. Which was fascinating because yeah. just having, just eating baleen is like a Crunchy? Choice. Crunchy. Yeah. Uh, so the West Coast community has only ever been recorded in UK and Irish waters, and they are most often found along the Hebrides, along Scotland's West Coast, all throughout the year. Every member of this community, like all orcas, can be individually identified by their dorsal fin and saddle patch. And the Hebridean Whale and Dolphin Trust, they first started cataloging these individuals in 1992. Which is longer ago than my brain thinks it is. Yep, because <laughs> yep. that's what happens it's when we get 31 years, old. years ago, <laughs> which is no, don't say not okay. Like that. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> not yeah. okay. Anyways, there are four males in the population. The first is W O One John Coe for a nickname, and John Coe was first seen in 1980. And he has a huge notch in the bottom trailing edge of his dorsal. It's fin. Huge. It's like. The true definition of huge. It's <laughs> very noticeable. He is definitely the, though, almost, I mean, when you're only looking at eight individuals, it's easy to find individual characteristics for each of them. But I would say that John Co is the most easily identifiable, maybe of all killer whales. <laughs> yeah. Very distinct. That fin is intense. 
Yes. But uh, the next one is also a very individually notable killer whale. WO2, known as Floppy Fin, has Aww. a completely collapsed dorsal fin. Sad which, name. <laughs> I know. Poor little Floppy Fin. Um, and his dorsal fin collapses to the left. So I think we've talked about dorsal fin collapse in a podcast mm-hmm. episode previously. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rare to have happened to wild orcas, but it can happen um and it's usually a sign of poor health which is going to be a theme with Mm. the west coast community the next male is wo5 comet and comet has an awesome story (laughs) because comet was through photo id matching in 2016 was found to match the pictures of a whale who had been nicknamed also unfortunately dopey dick (laughs) I think they were going for, like, a play on Moby Dick. Yeah. But it's funny because what happened with Dopey Dick, a.k.a. Comet, was that Dopey Dick, I'm just going to keep saying it, swam up the River Foyle in Northern Ireland in 1977 all the way to the town. Oh, no. Went real far. Oh, so lost. (laughs) Real far down the river. And uh, that makes Comet over 60 years old. So it's cool that there were pictures from when Dopey Dick, a.k.a. Comet, I like Comet's name better now as Comet, was in just, you know, partying it up in Northern Ireland's rivers. Because, I mean, it's probably not the only living thing that's done that. (laughs) And we will include a link to the full story about Comet and his uh, adventurous Irish travels mm-hmm. in the show notes <laughs> and then the last meal is w08 aquarius who was first cataloged in 2004 and i think is often seen with john co they seem to be buds uh, okay so there are also four females uh w03 nicola she has a large round notch at the top of the trailing edge of her dorsal fin w07 money penny awesome love it <laughs> i love it so much uh, she was first catalogued in 2004. W09, Puffin. Nicole's note here is, so small. So I guess it, she's small? She's just like, she's a Puffin. It's real cute. She's <laughs> just like, I mean, yes, killer whales are much larger than Puffins by like a hundred times or something. But when you look at pictures of Puffin, like she's just, uh, she's fully grown, but she's just so cute and so little. <laughs> and I just want to squish her like a Puffin. Okay. Uh, she was first cataloged in 2000. So yeah, fully grown. Uh, and W10, Ocasus, was first cataloged in 2005, named through a BBC wildlife magazine competition. Yeah. Um, so there was a ninth member of this community who was unfortunately found dead on shore after being entangled in fishing nets in January of 2016. So that was a female named Lulu. And even though the death of any member of such a small community, especially is really tragic. Um, it was also an event that helped everybody learn a huge amount about this population. So, I mean, thankfully her um, body was found and they were able to do a de- uh, necropsy which is great. Um, so they were able to perform contaminant analysis of tissue taken from her necropsy. Um, and also I'm assuming this is the one that they found the baleen in her stomach. No, actually, oh. it's not. Oh. So the members of this community just happened to be found 
frequently when they something to do with the it's a tides or something Yeah, the tides and also there's lots of small islands and places for them Mm -hmm. to wash up so they're not like super open okay cool because it was a male who had the baleen in his stomach i didn't i think that that one washed up before they had started giving them names right numbers from what i could tell but because it was quite a long time ago okay so gotcha Whereas Lulu was like, there was, had been nine members of the right, community for in the a really catalog. long time. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So they were, from this contaminant analysis of her tissues, the Scottish Marine Animal Stranding Scheme showed that she had one of the highest levels of PCB burden ever recorded in any killer whale, which was a hundred times higher than the accepted threshold for PCB toxin. Mm. Toxicity in marine mammals, uh, which is crazy, especially in females, because PCBs are one of the toxins that um, reproductive females are able to sort of shed some of their PCB load through giving birth and um, lactating. So Ah, well, so interesting you mentioned that, Sarah. Oh, sorry, I didn't read below. (laughs) No, that's okay. That's actually fantastic, because it is really interesting. But what was also interesting and related in her necropsy was that though she was sexually mature, her necropsy showed that she had never been pregnant. This finding linked with the fact that no calves have been recorded in the West Coast community since monitoring began suggests that this group of killer whales, for whatever reason, whether it is health related or there's some kind of social dynamic that we are unaware of, but it's been more than 25 years and they are of breeding age, like though some of them are older now, certainly when they first started monitoring the females in particular would have been of sort of like peak breeding age mm-hmm. and for Lulu to have never been pregnant. Right. Not even, yeah, not even miscarriage or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, because PC, PCBs in addition to causing other poor health are well known to cause infertility. So yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. unfortunately it is, it is not even likely. It is just, a, it is, it, it, they will become extinct, this population in the coming year. Yeah. Years, not not year. Yes, coming years. Sorry. Yeah, plural. <laughs> like there's a countdown clock. Nope. Um, <laughs> yeah. So further evidence that suggests this uh, sad fact is that in recent years, only John Coe and Aquarius have been reported. Despite what feels kind of like a foregone conclusion, the Hebridean Whale and Dolphin Trust is still working hard to study and do whatever they can to protect this population as well as the numerous other cetaceans who are found in those waters. Uh, you, We can put their website in the show notes so you can learn more about the work that they're doing and also sponsor the West Coast community. They also have minky whales, like individual minky whales that you can adopt oh, from sort of so like resident cool. minkies that spend a lot of time yeah. over there. They're doing, the the dolphin, the whale and dolphin trust is doing some really cool. That's awesome. And I think it is really important because yes, there is not really any hope for this population but they are not like the only species living in this ecosystem mm-hmm. so i think being able to learn from what happened to this species and apply those learnings to protect other species is really important yeah don't make the same mistake twice i guess yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and that's the west coast community before we go we want to take a quick mo- moment to tell you about one of the ways you can support our podcast and everything we do at whale Tales. You can join us by becoming a patron. You can visit us at patreon.com slash whaletales. And for a dollar a month, you can join us at the porpoise level. For $5 a month, you can join at the dolphin level. And for $10 a month, you can become a whale level patron. 
Each level comes with a variety of perks. For example, our whale level patrons get access to our special Patreon only podcast that just came out uh, mm. yesterday as this as we're recording this. Oui. But last week, um, <laughs> we did a Whale Tales Watches episode about the brand new Little Mermaid movie. So thank you so much, patrons. And I hope that you enjoy your uh, Whale Tales Watches adventure with us. If you enjoy it even a quarter of <laughs> the amount that we enjoy making them, then and you're in for a real ride and a great treat. <laughs> and if you can't support us financially, we completely understand. Thank you for listening and thank you for being here with us. We would love to hear your thoughts on this episode or any of our episodes. So please visit our website, whale-tales.org and find links to all of our different social media handles so that you can drop us a line on whichever one you are most comfortable with. You can also head to our website to subscribe to our podcast and read over 1,200 whale, dolphin, and porpoise stories. Almost half of those are about killer whales, P.S. It's true. <laughs> That's whale-tales.org. Tales like the stories, not tales like the animal. And if you've seen a cetacean, we would love to add your story to our library. Click the share link on the website. You can contact us on social media at whaletales underscore org on Instagram, or you can email us a voice memo to tell us all about your incredible cetacean encounter. Finally, we want to acknowledge that we recorded today's episode on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish people and the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations as well as the homelands of the Tawasan First Nation. We will be back next week with another orca population. But for now, thank you again so much for listening and for supporting us, and we hope you have a whaley great day.